And to start the show, we have the Director of Athletics at Bates College, Jason Fine, with us in studio also. And Jason, I wanted to ask you right away about your trip to the National Championship game, Alabama-Clemson. It was surprisingly a blowout in favor of Clemson, but what was that experience like for you? It was, it was. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, it yeah. Was, it was... Uh... It was terrific. I was looking for the Bates game. I somehow got lost. I must have took a wrong Yeah, there time. we go. Well, you know. <laughs> but, you know, those D1 guys, they, they do some fun stuff, too. Yeah, no, it was terrific. The last few years, I've been part of a, a group that's been invited uh, to work with the media relations team. Um, it's a bunch of, bunch of us that basically get together, volunteer, go out there, and uh, help run the media operations side of, of the house. We do it for the Final Four. And and uh, last couple of years, we've done it for the uh, for the CFP as well. It was a, It's a great experience. It's really um, you know, anybody that, that uh, doubted what that playoff format would do, I think, uh, probably needs to see that event. But um, it certainly was a, was a thrill. Uh, we work with the, um, with the sideline reporters and the, the media folks behind the scenes for the most part. Uh, although this year my, my, <laughs> my phone started going off <laughs> a lot right after the game as my, my head was there stuck between, uh, between our, uh, Trevor, the, the Clemson quarterback, and Maria Taylor giving the interview, which, by the way, if you know either one of them, they're both at least a head taller than me. <laughs> so it was like this you know, dip uh, in the scene. But it was, it was great. No, it was, um, it's a really uh, great experience. I think it's great for student athletes. I think uh, you know, we talked a little bit before we went on the air about how the uh, NCAA is considering joint championships in, in basketball for D1 and 2 and 3, and I think it's a really cool way that we can uh, incorporate our student athletes in there as well, but super super event. Uh, really surprised at the at the result, probably. But like I mentioned uh, to coach, I don't I don't get to actually watch most of the game while we're doing the game, so I catch the highlights after. But um, great event. Do you have an opinion about uh, you know they went to the first was two teams, now they've gone to four. There's a lot of chatter about eight. Yep. Not right away, but do you have an opinion about that? I, you know, I think that uh, to be honest, they um, there's a lot of missed class time already and um they're doing a lot of you know talk behind the scenes about it but i'd be surprised if they go to eight anytime soon to be honest i think um they're already going well into the winter with this and and you know taking another week plus um you know students out of class and trying to i mean a a lot of times on that level you do forget that they are they are student athletes and a lot of them are going to be going on to the next level um but i think logistically just switching that to eight is going to be tough and I'm not sure, and this is probably a good thing to discuss, I'm not sure if, if we'd solve the problem. Like, you know, I think that there's always going to be that, you know, UCF type of team, right, that's just not going to get in, and it's going to go, well, it, you know, why didn't we make it in the eighth? So I'm not sure if that's going to actually work. I mean, I always look at that. That part may be true. I always look at, right now, teams like Clemson and Alabama have a tremendous advantage recruiting because kids say, I want to be in that game, and I want to be on one of those teams. And the more teams you give the opportunity to, let's say just say eight, are they going to upset them? I mean, it's going to be like 16 versus one in the NCAA, not very often. But it gives the kid an opportunity to say, I can still play in in that kind of a playoff system, no matter, you know, if I go to any of these kind of schools. Sure. I don't know. It's just a pipe dream, I guess. Well, you know, I mean, with all the bowl agreements that they have already, that's hard, too, because these bowl, um, long-standing bowls have arrangements with all these conferences, so you really have to work it out to figure out how do you make them, you know, right now they have a good arrangement with those New Year's Six Bowls that become, you know, two of them become the semifinals, but um, I think logistically it's going to be really, really tough. I also think it's, I mean, any... 
anyone who's had a chance to go to the Rose Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or any bowl. Oh. I mean, what a great experience that yes. is to have another chance to play. Um, and it does give, you know, more teams a chance to probably end their season on a win. And sure. I think that, uh, you know, um, Dabo Sweeney from, uh, from Clemson mentioned that in one of his press conferences about just the bowls in general um, leading up to this game, that it's great that, that you know, that it, very rarely do you have that where you're able to end your season on a win. Yeah, I know I felt nice good. warm weather too. I yeah. felt good when my alma mater, Northwestern, ended their season on a win at the Holiday yeah. Bowl. There you go, rallied right. from uh, twenty-eight answer in the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, same so thing with Syracuse. It you definitely know, was a to good go to the bowls. It's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of if, so. If you if you have rooting um, rooting uh, interests, I think it's 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 fun. But certainly, you know, there's always someone who feels that they're getting the short end of the stick. Uh, Jason, I'm curious, was it your job afterwards to wrangle Trevor Lawrence? Is that why you were right in that shot? Or <laughs> Yes, a very good question. Um, yeah, well, actually, so more importantly than to wrangle him was to keep him um, so that the ESPN rate. So, you know, TV obviously takes first precedence. Yeah. So, um, so you know, Tom Rinaldi is going to do his interview with the coach, and then Holly Rowe is the radio reporter. So basically our staff is trying to keep those two interviews from happening before all the rest of the media is trying to get sure. them, and you have this throng behind you. So in a way, they said, oh, you look like you're doing security. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we kind of are doing <laughs> security yeah. because on our side, Maria Taylor's getting the interview with Trevor, and then um, Ian Fitzsimmons, who's the other radio reporter, he needs to get him right away after that. And the, and the push is always going to be to get them to the podium, and the, the Clemson folks are going, okay, they got to go. They did their, their thing already. So we want to make sure that, that you know, ESPN is the flagship and that they get, um, you know, all the stuff that they need. And then, and then they kind of – then we get them – once we get them over to the podium, then it's different because then you have to wrangle them and get them back to the locker rooms. And then you have a cooling off period, and then you have to open the locker rooms to the media, give them there, and you do little breakouts with you know four or five players. So that was just the beginning of the of what was probably an hour and a half, you sure. know, after that, after we went off the air. Yeah. How many years have you been doing this with the National? Um, I did the first CFP, which was five years ago. This is the fifth anniversary of the yeah. of the CFP. That's more Ohio State one, right? Right. Yeah. That was when Ezekiel Elliott was uh, yeah. at Ohio State. Um, so I did the first one, and I did the last two. I missed two in there. But I've done the Final Four since 2012. So how did this championship game compare to the others you've been to? Oh, uh, last well, last year was obviously a thriller sure. with Georgia and the yeah. comeback that Alabama had. That was was um, was really exciting right down to the finish. The first year it was all new, and it was like, how's this going to work? Right. You know? So I think so. This year it seemed like they kind of got it down pat. The staff that they have there are terrific. The, the you know the um, the media coordination crew. Um, Gina LaHaye, and, and, and she's, she's got tons of bowl experience from before, um, you know, being appointed to CFP and, and working there. So she puts together a great staff. But um, really, this year, you know, knock wood, went smooth. So I don't know. I don't want to jinx it. Next year's New Orleans. Of course, <laughs> during the game last year, you're all thinking, okay, we're going to interview this guy. And all of a sudden, everybody's saying, what happened? How, do you, how does everybody say that name? Because right. he's not even the quarterback. He's the backup quarterback. Yeah, exactly Nobody's been right. practicing his name very much. Well, Tua. It's it, Tua, yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, I, I mean, and he's an unbelievable player. I mean, just to watch him Didn't is, play very well is this next year, level. But, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. they, you know, give Clemson credit. They had, oh, a, had a great game plan. And it's like trying to, you know, it's like trying to figure out how you're going to how you're gonna beat the Patriots or something like that. So they did a good job. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of the Patriots, obviously they rolled to a victory yesterday in a um, big-time fashion. I mean, I assume you yeah. watched the games? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I turned the Patriots off after a while because you know uh, he it's, did. It's a little frustrating, but yeah, I watched. I watched. Uh, I watched pieces of that game um, after about you know forty-two seconds. I thought the Patriots had it in hand, and um, and then um, 
what a great game plan. I mean, you give Belichick two weeks to prepare for something. Well, and, you know what? Yeah. Uh, almost 100% of the time, he defers. Issa took the ball. Oh, right, right away, I said, no. He's got a plan. He's going to go right after him, and he did, right down the field for a touchdown. I love the little, uh, the, in the beginning, the little video they had of Tom Brady as a kid. Did you see that when they, when they opened the broadcast? And they were saying, like, what makes a great athlete? And he was like, I don't know. I think he figured it out. <laughs> but that second game was, I really enjoyed the second game. Oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah. the Saints and the Eagles going down the wire there, 20-14. to 14. Looked the like Saints. it was going to be the same old foals. That did. That's exactly. And it what looked I like thought. he was just going to lead him down there. It was like, and whoops! It wasn't his fault. They no, because Alshon Jeffrey went right through his hands, and, and that's just and just right place at the right time. Because he felt badly, the but yeah. they wouldn't get there without him. Right, I mean, he was masterful yeah. all at the end of the season. You know, it, it would be it's really hard for a, for a, a diehard New York, you know, especially a Giants fan, to not just, like, hate everything about the Eagles. The Eagles, right. And, yeah. and Foles has done that, you know, to the point where, like, you're, you're kind of rooting for him, you know. So, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't lose any sleep over them losing, but yeah. still, what a great game and what a great story. I think we ended up with the four best teams in the championship games. I mean, you have the top seeds and the top offenses, and that's what people want to see, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> absolutely. You got Kansas City, Rams, uh, Patriots, and Saints all winning uh, in the, uh, over the weekend and everything. And then um, – Go ahead, Jason. No, I was just going to say, oh. one and two versus one and two. Yeah. And, yeah. And both both sides. So that's that's all you could hope for. How did you do? I was two and two in my picks. Well, of course, I said the Chargers were going to win, and they got annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was three and one, I think. Really? Well, yeah, because I picked all the favorites except for the oh. one I missed. <laughs> there, was that little, there was that little hope for all L.A. So you know, in your Super bracket of 64, do you do, do you do chalk? You just do all the top? Oh no! I only did it for the NFL. Uh, no, for uh, well, as a college employee, I don't fill out an NCAA bracket. Uh, just good answer, so you know, coach. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> right, good. good to know. NCAA, don't bet on it. Yeah, well done. Uh, but if I were, oh, he's you practiced that up really well. <laughs> but if I were, I would pick some upsets. I think. We, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> we we have a. I, I do need to give a, a shout out to the Buffalo Bills just because of our assistant um, Lynn Zlakowski, who's watching. And just sent a message saying, please shout out the Bills. So I figure she'll, she'll do something nice for me at work if I say that. You know, they, they've been hard luck. You know, they, they, they've played tough. They've played some teams really tough. I think they've made some management decisions. I wouldn't have gotten rid of A.J. McCarron. Uh, Talk about the Bills? Yeah, the Bills. Oh. But, uh, Josh Allen's good. Yeah, Josh Allen's good. And I think, I think they didn't want to impede his progress. But if you've got a McCarron on the squad, you can let him season a little bit more and and not just throw him in, sure. you know, and whatever. But, uh, you know, defensively, oh boy, they, they've been really good, and they're very physical. Uh, I, I have some faith that they're, they're going to they're gonna be all right. How, how do you feel? Uh, it's probably early, and you've got a whole, you know, week to figure it out, but how do you feel early on about the games next week now? Oh, I think um, it's the Patriots were so impressive, but they're a different team when they go on the road. And the, the Chiefs will be at home and Arrowhead and – Andy Reid, maybe it's finally his year to break through. I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl once before, but uh, the Chiefs obviously haven't been in forever. I'm, uh, it's been a long time for them. So I think, it, I mean, I picked against the Patriots before, so congratulations, New England. I'm probably going to pick against you again. I think <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I think uh, being at home will be big for the Chiefs. And then NFC, uh, I'm, so, I'm so chalked right now because I feel like the Rams, again, aren't the same team when they're away from Los Angeles. Um, I, yeah, I, no, I mean, I, look, I, I think – Choosing against the Patriots at this point is is uh, is silly. But against but, them, you think the, they'll beat the Chiefs? The one, the one thing I that did. I would oh. say uh, in favor of the Patriots, even though their record on the on the road is dismal, we should tell them what uh, 
Pelletier said uh, from well, he said they win by two touchdowns. Then well, the sports no, writer okay. from the from the Globe, I'll tell you what he said afterwards. But when you look at Mahomes in the games against teams, uh, top teams above five hundred, he's three and three, mm-hmm. which tells me that you know, I mean, they're going to score some points even sure. when he's bad. He's going to score points. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a shootout, and the the, the entire key of the game will be if the Patriots can run the ball, they're going to win. The one thing the Chiefs can do... They can't run the ball, they're not going to... The Chiefs have a bad secondary, as we all know, but the one thing they can do is they can pressure the quarterback. Yep. They have some yep. good players up sure. front, and Brady is not the most mobile person anymore, I would say, Most, or ever. Yeah. <laughs> or he's never been. Ever been, yeah. Luckily, he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be right? normally, yeah. but if you can, if you can somehow get to him... He's so smart. Without yeah. having to blitz, right? Don't yeah. blitz, but still get pressure. I think the Chiefs can do that, so that's why I think that yeah. they have, they'll have... Ability to maybe yep. cause some problems. Yeah, but that's how the Giants beat him in the, in the Super Bowl. They had, they just rushed four guys and they were able to get to him. So that that that'd be the key for the seems Chiefs. like a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one regrettable long time ago. Oh, but, uh, well, you know we've got to hold on to something. But how about the four quarterbacks we got here: Mahomes, Goff, Brady, and Breeze? Yeah, Breeze, much Breeze looked good yesterday. Yeah. yeah, I mean, wow. Boy, can he throw the ball, huh? And can Michael Thomas catch? Yeah. Michael Thomas had all sorts of records His yesterday. Ball just looks. At, ooh, I mean, he really he's got a nice motion. Well, it's the two future Hall of Famers against two pops, you know. And now Goff, I was saying the reason I picked against them. This weekend was he, the last couple three weeks. He's been awful. Mm-hmm. Sunday he looked like golf that we'd seen before, and because one of the reasons is because they ran the ball so well, took the pressure off in him, and then he, then it yeah healthy set, Todd Gurley, and set, also set, by the way CJ Anderson. I know <laughs> name from the past. How long ago did he play Denver? Who looked I mean, like he's like been forever. hanging out at like McDonald's times <laughs> on the street, still crushed it. I mean he looked he was great. Yeah, I couldn't believe how much they were giving him the ball, but it worked. So I think it's gonna be two good games. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think so. We had, uh, and I like I like the Patriots playing at night. I think it's going to be colder, and I I still say the Patriots are the best cold weather team ever. They really are, other than maybe the old Green Bay and Dallas, those kind of things. But those games ended early see. enough uh, yesterday that we were able to kind of. We get a decent night's sleep, unless you're like me trying to watch the Australian oh, Open know. in the middle of the night. But you know, yeah, Australian <laughs> Open. Those games started at 8:20. Ludicrous. I mean, we talked about this as far as the baseball, the World Series. Yeah. Oh, that CFP was the same way. I mean, we were on yeah. California time, but still, it's like if you want your kid to stay up and watch these games, you can't do it. Well, they want to know why they're losing young fans. Well, that'd be one of the reasons my kids aren't staying up. So watching it those wasn't. Games. So I grew up on the West Coast, so everything's thrown off for me. But like. Was it always has it always been like this on the East Coast? Where like, but it's yeah, but it's creeped a little bit later, uh-huh. right? So yeah. it's like you know, eight eight o'clock became eight o five, became eight fifteen, became eight twenty three. You know, to the point where and the commercials. I mean, like so for example, that CFP game was a blowout, and the fourth quarter moved real fast, and it was still three plus hours yeah. because you're you've got so many well, college football, football games. Take they, yeah. Well, they stopped the. The clock every right every first, first down, down yeah, <laughs> that makes it last longer by itself. Yeah, th- that very rule and replay yeah. and yeah. commercials yeah. and nothing's worse than being in a game, especially when it's cold and, and, and you're waiting for the person on the sideline to give them the okay to start right, again. Right. Like, right and the other factor is even though the NFL is becoming more like college football, it's not there yet. So college football is still have more has more offense. Right. Oh. Remember fifty four fifty one with the Rams Chiefs was considered like the 
It was, I think, the highest scoring game ever or whatever mm-hmm. in the NFL or close to it. Whereas you see that in college every other week. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, That's right. And take longer. The reason, one of the reasons is, the, of course, in the NFL has tried everything to make the offense you know, more You can't play corner anymore without getting called for pass interference. But the, but the uh, hash marks being wider mm-hmm. is incredibly difficult for the defense. Yeah. Because it gives you, when it's on this hash, it gives you a tremendous amount of open space. To do something. Right. And the NFL, that's way back, that's why they moved them way in for the NFL to slow down the scoring. Then, of course, everybody likes scoring. So I was like, well, now what are we going to do? So, <laughs> Imagine if they widened the hash marks in the NFL, what would happen? Oh, you, could, oh. you know why? You wouldn't be able to stop anybody. Yeah. It would just be who has the ball last. Well, yeah. you know. You know, speaking of stopping people, you know, there was talk yesterday about the um, how the percentage on onside kicks had go, has gone down so they need much to figure from 20 this out. plus percent yeah. down to about 8%. Yeah. Um, it's impossible. So many of the penalties that are getting called, which obviously are in protection of, of trying to protect people's health, it's it's really you know changing kind of the game there. Yeah, the onside kick rule. I mean, it's impossible to recover. You can't well, do it. Yeah. You're gonna run and start. I mean, I I could I could make a case that even if I had to declare to you that we're gonna do an onside kick, therefore my guys can run, you know, change that part of the rule. It still is successful some of the time. Is there somebody who doesn't know there's an onside kick coming yeah, sometimes? Right. Everybody's lined up with all their receivers. The still, ball still bounces off somebody. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. We're going to onside kick. Okay, those guys can run. You better get your guys Yeah, as long there. as you declare it, then let them get a running start for that. Yeah. Right. Got to figure something out. Yeah. Because I, I, I think I – like I said, I think people are successful even when you know you're going to do it. I mean, I remember my my favorite odds I kick ever was when the Seahawks beat the Packers in the playoffs, and it was uh, went right to the hands of Bostic, and uh, the Seahawks got it. <laughs> and That's it was, because he didn't do what he was told to do. Yeah, he was not. He was to, supposed to yeah. block somebody. And let right. The next guy. He tried get to catch it. the ball. Yeah. He tried to be a, he tried to be a hero. <laughs> So, Jason, um, in terms of Bates, we've got a women's basketball game scheduled for tomorrow against Norwich at 5.30 at Alumni Gymnasium. Hopefully it won't be postponed. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> we I think the weather the, looks okay. Yeah. Nothing in the forecast right yeah. now. I, was, I thought, you know, I came up here, like, okay, Maine is tough when it comes to weather. So far I've had two games postponed because teams yeah. in Maine didn't want to get well, on the road. One, and drive. one team in Maine. Yeah, <laughs> right? Maine right. probably has been postponed twice, I think. No, we had USM. Oh, USM. And Celine, who's also from Jersey, looks at me and goes, what's going on here? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, but we're ready to play. Actually, it's good, though. I mean, I think the team is in a a pretty good groove right now and trying to get ready to, um, you know, take. when you get into that conference season, as we've talked about so many times, it's just, you know, top team after top team after top team. It may as well be the SEC or the ACC, depending on, you know, what sport you're looking at in D1. So um, especially on the women's basketball side, you just you have so many teams that are so strong. So um, not not that you say it's a relief, but at least it's something different. Yeah, know? so non-conference Norwich Tuesday, Maine Farmington, the rescheduled game on Thursday for women's basketball. And then the men's team is home on Saturday. They actually don't have a Friday game. But they have a Saturday game, mm-hmm. 3 o'clock against Tufts. And the other thing we have going on this weekend, we've got swimming and diving home against Bowdoin on Friday. And then track and field has their only home meet of the year, right. Bates Invitational, on right. Saturday. Right. So yeah. lots of stuff going on. Yeah, it's going to be a little busy. We'll be around. We'll yeah. be ordering in. We'll be making <laughs> yeah. some, some hot chocolate. It'll be, it'll be fun. <laughs> but I think that, you know, both teams have been, have been doing pretty well, and we can chat about it. I found that was a problem when I was in AD. You're at the school so much, mm-hmm. and you order stuff like that all the time. Somebody goes down and grabs it and brings it back. Oh, yeah. And you eat junk food. You know, you're, you're <laughs> not going to order yeah. a nice, healthy 
those places, they don't even have salads hanging around. Exactly. It's taking a toll, especially as I'm getting older, trying to find time to work out and and, and get out. You know, we, we spend all day watching other people exercise, basically, right? And that's right. <laughs> yeah, that looks really tough. Yeah. I told I told him this story. My my very first year being an AD at Skowhegan, <clears throat> I put my foot down and said, look, our boys are going to play your place, you know, 6 and 7.30. I expect your girls to be here to play our girls at 6 and 7.30. Well, they were still playing games in the afternoon. This is way back. Mm-hmm. And they, everybody went, no. I said, no. It's the same. Title IX, nope. We're, this is when we're doing it. Of course, I almost regretted it because I think it was the second game of the season. That's when there was, when it was a held. You know, everybody was fighting for it. it was a jump ball, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. possession. Our JV girls, are you ready for this? <laughs> Probably. A lot I of still jump can't balls. believe it. They lost four to two. Oh my gosh! Eight minute quarters. Yeah, four to two. And sounds like one of my rec basketball games back in the day. <laughs> there was sixty-one jump balls because I started once I saw what was going. I started. And that's why we have possession arrow. I had a yeah. little, yeah, I had a little <laughs> piece of paper checking them off, and I'm. So I, I get home. My wife goes, "What happened? Why are you so late?" And I said, "Well, the the JV game lasted." I told her why. She she goes like, oh, "She's a coach." She goes, "Oh my god!" And I said, and "Then because the varsity game can't start." Yep. Right. Ooh, those are some dark times. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> we we um yeah no I've I've sat through some of those back in my old uh, athletic training days student athletic training days when we sat at a lot of those JV games and ooh <laughs> they were interesting but um you know our team is um they're in the thick of it right now I mean I think you know I haven't I, we haven't spoken really since the uh, since the Bowden game when they only lost by you know sixteen or yeah, whatever I think I mean, Bowden's been been you know crushing teams by forty and forty five points. So I think that was that was something good to build on, and then uh, and then this week, Colby, uh, yeah, a, a great comeback against Colby, and then this weekend was was again just really really tough, um, and we had a really rough third quarter there, uh, you know, yeah. on Saturday. That third was, quarter against Williams was the difference, yeah. and uh, Middlebury they tried to chase him down there at the end, but Middlebury had built, built too much of a lead. So, yeah. but it's it's different. It's night and day. It seems like road versus home. Absolutely. I feel like, especially for our women's basketball team, when they're at home in alumni gym, they're like in their element. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think our gym is a is a great, you know, home court advantage, and it's a great kind of sixth person there on the, on the court for us. I've actually, I mean, you know, anyone who's been to one of our home games sees me out there in the stands trying to get our students and our fans to, to you know, help us with that. When you're, especially when you're in the front, you're right on the, you know, court and, um, you know, for everything I heard when I was coming about taking a job here was how tough it was. Oh, I played there when I, you know, played at Middlebury or I played at this school. And we played at it was the toughest gym. The fans were on us. You know, our our Bates fans are terrific and they're they're very polite. But I want them to be a little bit less polite. You know, I want them to raz the, the yeah, team a little bit and kind of give us that atmosphere that helps spark us because we we need that. You know, I think I mean, yeah, it kind of depends on I guess who the the seniors are every year, right? Who how. Bigger they into sports and stuff like that. That can vary just on the student population stuff. Because I do remember um, my first year here, the basketball team, men's basketball team, was coming off an NCAA tournament bid, and uh, it was 
it could get pretty intimidating, like, because, yeah, you are right on top of the other team. And uh, I think they were told to cool it down a little bit because they were so. Right. That's what I, I <laughs> wanted to get to the point was, where I have to go tell them yeah, to cool right. it down. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. you know, it's hard. It's hard sometimes because students today, you know, this happened at, at my last place. So it was actually, every place I've been, um, you know, they think that in order to really help and, and cheer, you have to kind of like insult the other team, which you totally don't have to do. You can boo and you can, you know, you can make noise and stomp on the bleachers when the other team's shooting free throws. And you know, all you have to do is watch a game on TV and see that you don't have to insult the person no. or their or their or their heritage or their family right, or right. whatever Your it mother, is. Yeah. You know, yeah. right? You can just you can just boo them and make noise and and do that, or you can just you know try to cheer on our team. But we do have quite the uh, quite the polite crowd uh, this year, is what I've noticed in my time. But uh, still, big home court advantage because I think it's just a comfort level type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you you know you were talking about that basketball is one of those sports. If you're cold. You're probably not going to win. If you're not shooting well, you're not going to win. And when you're home, everything, when you go to shoot, everything around you, as focused as you are, you, you know where you are. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, this is my spot right here. You go on the road, I'll never forget, I, I and again, I've to- said this on the air, I played basketball in high school, and Bangor High School used to play in the, the old Bangor Auditorium. Mm-hmm. That's where they played their games. Well, you play at your own place. There's a stage behind the basket yeah, yeah. at one end. There's a wall with pads on it on the other end. Bangor Auditorium, they got just like in the big time. They, there's these baskets that come out from nowhere, and there's nothing behind it. Mm-hmm. The first time I took a shot in practice, it went, didn't hit anything. I went, yeah, yeah. whoa. Well, the background, where, yeah. Where am I? There's no background here. Yeah. And that, that's what the feeling is when you go on the road in basketball, I think. It, it's all new. And it sometimes it takes you a while, and sometimes you don't ever get it. That mm-hmm. feeling where I'm 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 comfortable with my shot. Every, That's what makes yeah. those guys in the pros so damn good. Well, right, yeah. Stephen uh, Curry uh, can shoot it from anywhere. And the tough, I don't care. What yeah, it is. the tough uh, college players too. You know, now that they move the Final yeah. Four into that, um, you know, dome kind of layout with yeah. the center, and there's no background there. Um, every year, you know, the media asks, you know, how is it shooting against that background when they have the practice? But think, the guys are so good. I think the same when Furbush was telling us, where was he talking about the, the floor was up in the air? Uh, and your seats yeah, are down, what, you know. Yeah, that's when this. when you get to. Was when, it in the tournament? Yeah. When Staten you get, Island, maybe? No, no, not Staten there. Island. I, one of the Nescax schools, I think, has a weird gym where the floor is. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I haven't. Anyway, well, that was, you see that, that now in the NCAA tournament. You see that. The guys are kind of yeah. sitting down. The floor is elevated. I know Vanderbilt's stage, like that. basically. Crazy. It's kind of weird, you yeah. know, and the coach is up on a stool, like, by himself. Or yeah, kind of. talking about talk about being thrown off. Oof. Oh, you know what? What arenas like that is the barn where the Gophers play or where they did play. I think they still play there yeah. in, in the Big Ten. They, mm-hmm. The floor is elevated. Yeah. See, and Vanderbilt, um, the benches are on the baseline. Can you believe that? At Vanderbilt Arena, the benches I, are on I the baseline. I played in high school. Yeah, Old Town used to have money. Yeah, yeah that's how. That's. The, I was saying also in high school, Stearns, which was the the best team in the old days, their gym was so small and it had a a running track upstairs like a balcony. Literally, if you you were in the deep corner on one side, you had to be careful. I shot it because it might hit that corner. Yeah, we had and, a pass that hit yeah. the ceiling the other day. And and we, died. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was the it was the it was the men's game against Thomas College. The men won, and the men were up uh, by by two with like two points five seconds left or something like that. Or no point. Or there was very little time left. So Thomas College had to try to pass the length of the court. So the guy winds up and throws, and it, and our guy tips it, 
and it goes up in the air and hits like the thing, uh, the ceiling, and comes down, and everyone's like, "Okay, what do we call <laughs> it? It's out of bounds." Off so him. you throw it again. You. Uh, it, was, bounds, it was yeah. like a. It was like a. Um, a basket, a baseball at uh, in Tampa. Yeah, geez, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, um, there's a. I mean, in in New York, growing up again, doing the the athletic training thing early on, a lot of the old high schools there have like really kind of classic layouts like that with the with the track above. And um, Tilden High School, um, if you ever saw, if you ever see the movie Above the Rim, it was like an old '90s yeah. movie with like. Tupac Shakur and it's like the street basketball really? player. Oh, yeah. All right. So anybody, yeah, I'm aging myself here. But um, I mean, I've seen classic movies. Well, our guys um, <laughs> at Brooklyn College were the they were like the extras that played in the basketball you know game. So they still oh. and and we were out there um, when they filmed it and uh, they they used that high school um, Tilden High School because it had that cool overhang where you could you know and the, the college coaches could go up into the rafters and watch same thing like in blue chips where you'd see them kind of do that at certain certain spots kind of that old old feel to it but it was really cool and the movie and the movie was great because you know, our friends were in it and got to got to experience that interesting yeah i never heard of that but i'll have to check it out i like i like basketball movies i've seen the air up there you know, yeah. If you, oh yeah. yeah. Well, if, well, if you watch above the rim, yeah, you'll see some of the Brooklyn College basketball team <laughs> in the back. A couple of them have some some good parts, and and uh, yeah, Rock Eisenberg, a, a legendary coach in in New York from Tilden High School, uh, got them to use the gym wow. there. Yeah. Well, we're due for a break here. Do you want to stick around the other side until you have to leave, or I've got want, I, I want to do it. Yeah, I, I I've got a few minutes, so okay. we can, we'll right. stick around. Back in a moment. This is the Beatles Daily on the new 105.5 Sports Live from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios. Um, here in Auburn, back in a moment. Live from the Spectrum Healthcare Partners Studios here in Auburn. My name is Aaron Morris, filling in for Maddie B on this Monday morning. Happy to have Jason Fine, the Director of Athletics at Bates College, with us in studio. And Jason, I understand you're on the competition committee. You touched on this earlier in the NCAA. Uh, what does that entail? I know you mentioned basketball, hoping to have it on one site for all all the championships. What else does that entail being on that committee? Yeah, championships committee. Well, I'm I'm, I'm going to be pretty new on it. Going on it, uh, as of next week uh, yeah. when they have the NCAA convention, I'll I'll start my term on that. But um, yeah, basically oversees all the Division three championships. Talk, uh, you know, liaison with the the rules committees, things that that are changing, and then how the championships will be played. So yeah, previous to me going on it, they did recommend this past year that we go back to uh, having another joint championship for basketball coming up. Um, lacrosse already does a joint championship sometimes as well. Um, and, um, and you know, just trying to do things that are, are a little different for the student-athletes, give them a little experience that's out of the owner. You, know, you mentioned uh, earlier how our rowing team got, got honored at halftime of the, yes. um, of the NCAA regional in Boston. And giving them that kind of recognition on the Division One stage, um, you know, I think that, you know, you ask the student-athletes, they loved it. And a few years ago in Atlanta um, – we did the Division One, Two, II, and Three all at once, uh, you know, joint championship again. And Amherst was the um, was the men's championship that year, and uh, you know the coaches and the, and the kids just loved it. So I think anything we can do to just try and you know switch things up a little bit and bring more notoriety to Division Three and the great things that that our student athletes do. I mean, you hear so much in the news about all the bad things going on in college sports, and you know, ninety nine percent of the time that's not. Uh, you know the vast majority, which is the Division Three athletes. So uh, I, anything we can do, we're going to help, and that's that's part of my service on the management council. So so we kind of look at everything that's going on around the NCAA in, in that. And I've got two more years on that after this year. 
And I keep accidentally calling it competition committee. Guess what the NFL has right, a committee right. like that? I always hear about it. It's championship committee is what you're on uh, there. And, yeah, I love the combined championships for, like, rowing, for instance. Women's rowing has that, mm-hmm. where it's Division One, Division Two, and Division Three, all at the same venue. And it's uh, it's really fun, especially for rowing. Like, you kind of compare the times. Like, oh, we outraced that, you know, Division One yeah, team, even know. though we're and not And people in know, yeah. you know. And then, then the Division yeah. One schools that never really know about the Division Three schools, yeah. people know Bates rowing no matter – you know, if you yeah. no matter what school you're at. Yeah, so I mean, if you're if you have any interest in rowing right now, you know about the base rowing program. Like, exactly. I have friends who live in Seattle who are. You know, they're recreational rowers, but they've been to the head of the Charles, and so they know about Bates rowing and how successful that program yeah. is. Same, yeah. I saw them. Same, we went. Yeah. They <laughs> went to the race head of the Charles. Yeah. I watched them race underneath. Yeah. I was standing on the sideline of the CFP talking to somebody who rowed for Michigan and knew about Bates rowing. Mm-hmm. Really? So nice. you know, that's, yeah. that's the beauty of that type of type of situation. And Michigan's interesting because they um, they have a club team. They're mm-hmm. really good. They're not actually a varsity right. team, but they're a really good club team and yep. they can compete with anybody. So. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, Jason, on the championship committee there as part of the management council, so is it, does every director of athletics have some sort of role on some sort of committee throughout the country, or how's that? No, not necessarily. I mean, yeah. so the way they so the way they work it is that when there are openings on the committees, because they, they have to have diversity across um, geographic lines, gender lines, ethnic lines, you know, and then positional also. So some they'll, they'll try to, you know, have a, a – an athletics supervisor, a director, or a, a, S, a SWA, senior woman administrator, coaches. So things are kind of spread out depending on the committee. Yeah. So then you kind of apply based on, you know, what you fit, right? So if there's an opening on the women's basketball committee for a female from the New England region, you know, okay, great. NESCAC folks, everybody like that can, can go and apply for it. So And you can't have multiple – most of the committees, you cannot have multiple um, members from the same conference. So, okay. so, you, so yeah, so it's not everybody, but I mean, the, our, our organization, what people don't realize about the NCAA is that it's self-run by the institutions. Right. Everyone says, oh, those, those people in Indianapolis, it's all committee-based and we, it's membership-based. Exactly. All they do is enforce the rules that the committees make. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's it's, when, yeah. It's exactly what the main principal association does. Yeah. yeah. See, there's an opening on the basketball committee. It needs to be from a, a, a C school in Western Maine. You know, there's yeah. cost the whole classification, so it is diversified. Yeah, they they ask us on the committee a lot, you know, and us on interpretation legislation. You know, you guys should change the rule on this. You guys should make a rule and make a proposal. And I said, the the membership has the opportunity to do that. You can get together a group of of schools and put together a proposal. You can get two conferences together to co-sponsor legislation, and then you know it goes up through the through the process. But then it gets voted on the floor. And and in the previous, you know, recent years, when you get to the NCAA convention, we've seen less and less and less membership-driven proposals out there to vote on at the business session. So it's it's something that I would encourage everybody to to keep in mind is that this is our organization to, you know, to govern as kind of the majority sees fit. So do you guys do like a monthly Google Hangout or how do you talk <laughs> to each other? Yeah, we, well, um, yeah, we do monthly conference calls. Got um, and then we And then we meet – um, depending on the committee, three, four times a year, okay. either in Indianapolis or, um, you know, since we have the NCAA convention coming up next week anyway, we just do another meeting there. So Where is the NCAA convention? It's in Orlando, uh, Florida oh. this year. It moves around every year. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's there's 3,000-plus people at that, so they have to do it only in places that have these larger convention centers that can kind of hold it. So we've in Orlando, we've got like three different hotels. One's the D1, one's the D2, and one's the D3. Oh. Um, and then, but, you know, you get in there, you've got the, the management council meeting, then you've got like some um, 
panel programming that goes on. Then we've got our NESCAC meeting there, so we all get together, all the ADs and SWAs. We'll meet there, and then we do the business session, and then we fly out. So Okay. And then everyone will say, how is sunny Florida? Well, Orlando, yeah. well, Orlando is where the Cosida convention is this year, and I'm actually going to attend for once. Absolutely. So yes. I've never been to it before. Have you never been? No, I've never been because um, I, I haven't. Uh, I've had conflicts or whatever, but uh, well, we, we, have a, we have a grant this year. Yes, $600. I know. $600. That. Woohoo! I know. So that'll pay for the round-trip well, flight. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would be happy to talk to you off the air yeah. about everything. Uh, having tips. It's, all, it's yeah. all combined with the Athletic Directors Conference also, the NACTA Conference. So and, you'll be there? And Moa, yep. So okay. I'll be there. And um, yeah, and there's some interesting things going on this year specifically that we can we can chat about. Cosida, uh, by the way, is the professional organization for people who have my job, which is sports information, kind of. So, and so, I used to have that job, so, right? So, so the boss familiar with. So it. the boss will be there. You have to behave yourself. Andy's not sure if he's going to go yet. Oh, no. and <laughs> boss. oh, and then there's Jason also. There's also Jason. <laughs> I got you there, Coach. <laughs> but yeah, Jason will be there. It's not to be him myself as well. Yeah, so, yeah. He'll, no. watch, he'll watch me. Make Double sure dip. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. we'll, we'll keep an eye on each other. But yeah, so all sorts of professional organizations. But it's it's fun. It's, it's fun to learn about because I, I haven't been in this business that long. I guess or this you get a def- you get a different perspective. Yeah. When you go and do, pro- I always I'm trying to encourage our coaches and staff to do professional development. We'll try and support it. Um, as much as we can, you know, financially, because it is it is amazing when you get outside of, you know, the bubble of your institution or just your conference. The NESCAC is really unique. And I mean, it's got so many positives, um, you know, but if it's one thing that I think that could be perceived as a little bit of a negative, that is kind of a bubble because it's 11 schools that think a little bit differently than probably the other 440 in the division, um, and you see some of the great things that are being done. Uh, you know, certainly, I think you know, no secret to, to Aaron that when I got here, there were some things that I was kind of wanted to push on the sports information and marketing and promotion side. That I think you know, we've always kind of just looked at what the rest of the NESCAC does, and this goes way beyond sports information. It goes to recruiting, it goes to to fundraising, it goes to game environment. But you know, if you do everything the same as you always have, right? You know, when my son was in kindergarten, they say you do what you always did, you get what you always got, right? So I think we're trying to push some things that change the experience a little bit that kind of maybe separate us from from the rest of the league. And I think Sports Info is an area where we're doing a really good job of that. It's definitely a challenge to kind of separate yourself from other NESCAC programs. Because I do think the rest of the country sees it like a monolith. It's like it's a NESCAC, right? Every right. You're just is, right. You're just yeah. part of the collective, you <laughs> yeah. know. It's like the Borg. Nerdy reference there, but uh. Jeff Sturgis, Jeff Sturgis, who's a Batesy, yep, always used to say um, they complain that Ohio State, for instance, is an athletic factory, but he said, but they've got forty-five thousand students, and they've got let's just pick a number, twenty-five sports. Bates has twenty-five sports. We with 31 sports. 31 sports. 14, yeah, I was yeah. just throwing yeah. numbers at 1,400 kids. Right, right, right. right. 20, what do you have, about 1,600? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. So who's, Divi- who's talking about athletic? That's you know, right. Division one folks are always shocked when they hear yeah. the, the, the student you got to fill those with a hell of a lot less kids, and you got the same number of teams in essence. Yeah, almost half the student body participates oh, yeah. in some sort of varsity sport. I mean, and maintains a tremendous top-of-the-line academic uh, standing. I mean, it, it's pretty unique when that's you a, think about it. That's a great great segue there, Coach, because I just want to – we just got the grades in from the, from the fall, and, you know, 3.28, I think, was the overall GPA, average GPA for student-athletes. Um, not one of our team, – every team had 
over 3.0 average GPA. Well, there you go. That's what you want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you know. So that that, what's, how does that compare to the full student body? That's the, I'm, I'm actually, that's, that's why I did the list, so I could get the information from the registrar to see, you know, every place I've been, that, that's been a great tool for us because the student-athletes, act, sure. you know, the, the knock on student-athletes is always that they're not as good as students, and every place I've been, the student-athletes have had a higher GPA Absolutely. than the general student population. Now, Bates, that might be a little different because it's, it's a tough a tough road, but, I mean, still, 3.3, you know, average GPA out of, out of you're talking about eight, about 800 students, that's a, Unbelievable. Because you've you know. got to maintain focus at all times to get everything Well, you've got to be organized. You yeah. don't have the same time everybody else does. You've right. got practice, and then you better get in the books. Yeah. And you've yeah. got larger te- – I mean, football with 75, 76 guys, you know, and even that team to have over a 3.0 average GPA is, is really, yeah. is really outstanding. You know? And I've talked to many student-athletes who say it helps academically to have this athletic commitment because it does force them for time management to really – because if you yeah. don't have – these commitments, let, and you're you know, like me. I didn't. I was not a student athlete in college. Uh, yeah, right. exactly. I would. I would have days where I did absolutely yeah. nothing. Which every, is not the case. Every single study that yeah. they've done will show you yeah. that student athletes do better in season than out of season yeah. because they have to be more focused. They have to have time yeah. management, and that's something we discussed actually at our. NESCAC athletic directors meetings because our seasons are shorter and our opportunities with them are shorter to allow for other things. You know. I'm not saying either way, yes or no, but is that really the best thing for for them when you look at it and you say, oh, actually, when they're competing in their sport, they're doing better. Yeah. yeah. So, And so, obviously, again, we do have a lot of um, Bates home games this weekend. And again, every Bates event is free. So if you're out in the community, want to stop by Women's Basketball Home tomorrow, hosting Norwich at 530. Uh, also home again Thursday, hosting Maine Farmington at 7 p.m. And then... If you want to, on Friday, actually, you can come out and check out the uh, heptathlon or the, the heptathlon for men's track and the pentathlon for women's track and field on Friday, which is a, a fun multi-event where they do all sorts of different things, and it's uh, you have to be quite the athlete to be able to succeed at that. And then they'll have their main meet on Saturday. Um, uh, well, primary meet, I should say. It's the Bates Invitational Saturday, starting at 11 a.m. Uh, for the men and noon for the women. Swimming and diving home Friday night, going back to that, against Bowdoin, 7 p.m. That's always a fun atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Nights. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, it, gets, it gets crazy in there. And they're rolling right now. The men and women both defeated Middlebury on Sunday in, in swimming and diving, and they're, uh, they're off to a really strong start to this season. Um, and they've really, the past few years, have been outstanding. Yeah, it's they've got a great balance this year with the, with the upperclassmen and the new, new folks that are yeah. in. It's it looking pretty good. And then Saturday, if you want some NESCAC uh, men's basketball, 3 o'clock, Tufts comes to Alumni Gym, and it should be a, a really great matchup because, again, it's a different beast when you're at home, and our men's team took Williams to the wire, and yep. Williams was undefeated, number three in the country. It's not going to get much tougher than that. That's right. I, I mean, think they know that they can hang with now any team in the country. Any team. Um, yeah. And really, there was a, a spot there both on Friday night and on Saturday where probably the last two to three minutes of the first half where we just had an elapse. Yep. And if they that, were up we 14, don't, yeah. and they were up seven. And if we don't have that, um, you know, that that's a different story because the second half they just traded punches. Same thing with Middlebury. Even though they were down, it was that last two minutes of, the, of that first half and then everything else was even. So, um, yeah, please come on out and, and support them. Help us. Help us out in the gym and uh, tell me tell me that you uh, you heard us here on the radio. We'll, give you, we'll yeah. give you a T-shirt. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Here on the new 105.5 Sports, Jason Fine with us in studio. Jason, I know you have something going on at 11. You got a call. Yes, thank you so much yeah. for having me, guys. No, Appreciate not a problem. It. Thanks for coming so. in again. Appreciate it.